0: Welcome to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast,
1: an ongoing conversation with ministry leaders about embracing complexity and uncertainty
2: with joy and faithfulness. Hello, everyone. This is Jennifer Maxell, and I am thrilled to be here with my colleagues Mark Ramsey, Adam Mixon, Adam Borneman, and Beth Daniel. And we are discussing the blog series that we wrote on the I Am Statements of Jesus. The statement that really stood out and resonated with me is found in John, the 11th chapter, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? The reason why it resonated with me is because this idea of Jesus as the resurrection and the life, I think is still so incredibly challenging for us to wrestle with as it was when this was written one of the things that Jesus's appearance post-resurrection had in common was shock and disbelief. Even though the disciples had walked with Jesus and talked with him, and even though he had told them what was to come, when they experienced his transfigured self, they were still in shock and disbelief. And I think that is still very much the reality of us as we encounter Jesus, particularly in our everyday live reality, we still struggle to recognize Jesus in our midst. We still struggle to wrestle with our faith and to try to figure out what it means to be these redeemed people who are supposed to be living resurrected lives, just as Jesus lived a resurrected life.
3: I think the language, Jennifer itself, again, just, tying that passage all the way back to the beginning of John's gospel, where those words say, in him was life. This whole idea, again, of Jesus being the resurrection, not just the means to resurrection, but embodying that. That's hard to grasp because it demands relationship to the being and not just connection for utility's sake. It
2: also requires... For us to really understand what that resurrected embodiment is, because our constant proclivity is toward what we've done and who we are, the now or what was, it's already hard enough to kind of vision who we will be or who we will become or who we are becoming. And through Jesus' resurrection, we are invited into this work. And so it's really this idea of, again, casting off what was and stretching into what will be. And I think when we talk about our congregations, then again, that gets exacerbated because now the question becomes, who are we as a resurrected body of Christ? That is not centered in a building, that is not centered on a past identity, that is not centered with this love affair we have of the glory days of who we were, but as the body of Christ that is leaning and straining forward.
1: Yeah, and I think that is a lot of the struggle, particularly biblically, and I think it is even more fundable than that. Do we believe in the resurrection or not? Mm. Do we believe that God has the power over death? Do we believe that God can bring a way that hope will all the time conquer despair? As we're talking today, there was just another horrific shooting yesterday that took the lives of young people and adults. I'm not going to name what it is, because probably by the time this comes out, there'll have been two more. Mm As we're talking about this, Congress just repealed the authorization for war powers for Iraq and Afghanistan after 20 years. The continued display in survey after survey of the desperation that families are feeling, particularly about the health and well-being of their young people. And we can fill in all the rest. When Easter for a lot of us means, where are we going to brunch how many lilies do you want to give in memorial of somebody? What new dress or bonnet are you going to wear? And what's the Easter bunny going to bring? It is hard to say, wait a minute. Easter demands not just my attention, but my total loyalty and a change in my behavior that falls in line with something that is not evident hardly anywhere in the world. Which
3: again, ties directly into this story. Jesus is talking to Martha after Lazarus has died. And instead of speaking to the circumstance, he centers resurrection again in himself. I don't know that we get that.
2: Well, and it's centered in a person outside of ourselves. Because we live in this self-help culture, which says you can think it, you can be it, you can work your way out of it, that we are fully formed beings that have the power to do and be and achieve anything. And yet the gospel witnesses, is, no, we really don't. We need Jesus to do for us what we can't do for ourselves.
4: I think it's really interesting, the point where we are in our history, nationally, but you know maybe even globally too, it seems like we go through these cycles, particularly over the last few hundred years of, we get to a point where we think like, oh, we really can achieve all of this. We really can get there. We really can build this utopia. And then it crumbles. It's either a depression or it's a world war. And I look at the world around us and I think, Jennifer, to your point that we are crossing another one of those thresholds where we're going to have to come to terms with, actually, we can't do this on our own. We don't have it all together. We can write all the self-help books from here till kingdom come and it's not going to solve the problem it's like what uh eugene peterson used to say it's to look at all of life and finally come to grips with the fact that everywhere is going to look like death and yet god says life it's it's Mm -hmm. god's yes which is a big crater in the midst of our nose that we continue to give god and give uh each other
0: so i think this idea of the Easter resurrection, and then we celebrate it. We have these cultural traditions that we enjoy. And then the Sunday after Easter, we go back to ordinary time. And so the question really is, what do we believe the resurrection means? Does it really mean that all is hopeless until we die? Is that what we've changed it into, that we will just continue on this self-help journey and at the end it'll all be okay? Or does it have implications for how we live today? The Sunday after Easter should be just as transformative as the Easter Sunday. If Jesus is who he says he is, if the resurrection is really true, then there has to be a so what and a so that in how we live. Mm. And even as the church, we go back to ordinary time, we go back to ordinary Sundays. We should all be changed if we truly believe and understand or at least wrestle with, what are the implications of resurrection? Because I don't think it's just a, oh, everything's hopeless until we die, any more than it is we're just going to keep straining because we have the power to become better ourselves. There has to be something better on this idea of journeying as disciples because of the resurrection, because the future is secure, but also the now should be transformed.
3: Yeah. Resurrection is not as simple as a resuscitation or a reinvention mm. or some type of recalculating. But resurrection is what occurs at that faith moment. It's not just new life, but it's new life now. And with my experience in a black preaching tradition, regardless of what the proposition of a sermon is or what problem is presented in a sermon, before you go to your seat... You will announce that he died on Friday, that he was buried on Friday night, that he laid in a grave on Saturday, but early on Sunday morning. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives all fears. That's the linchpin of all that we believe and what informs how we live beyond Easter Sunday.
2: To Mark's earlier point where we talked about what parents are concerned about and how we are living, that hope that is real hope grounded in Jesus's resurrection is needed. And I think that sometimes to this question, do we believe in the resurrection? It's not just do we believe in the resurrection from a theological standpoint, but do we believe in the power of the resurrection to really transform lives and to bring about change? I remember when I was in seminary and I had a professor and we were talking about the resurrection and he said, well, you know, I could really do without the resurrection. (laughs) I was flat. I'm still flabbergasted. That was how many years ago. And it still boggles my mind how someone who professes to be a Christian, someone who is a theologian and an ethicist at that, then says, I can do without the resurrection. And what I think he was referring to was the kind of fantastical nature with which we have described the resurrection. We have almost ascribed to it in our telling about it as almost like a fairy tale, superhero type of quality. But the power of the resurrection is real. And I think that in our proclamation, we don't always lift that power and avail that transcendent power to the people that we are proclaiming
1: to. Yeah. Jennifer, I think you just landed on two important things. I once had a preacher that I heard who said you can't have resurrection if no one's dead. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we try to do with Easter, culturally and in the church, is just think, but by grinning, we can make it Easter. Because American culture does not want to deal with death and does not want to deal with the reality of that and the hard part of that. So that's one side, which to me is getting what you were talking about, the groundedness of it. This other part, though, is Flannery O'Connor's wonderful word, mystery is the great embarrassment to the modern mind. We don't want to embrace anything that we can't not just understand, but completely line out. And Easter requires us to give ourselves over to both the hard truth of death and to the mystery. that One of the best lines of Scripture is God raised this Jesus from the dead. Even Jesus couldn't save himself. This is an intervention by the mighty act of God that I think we have to rest our whole life and souls on.
3: Of which we are witnesses. Again, that's the groundedness of it, right? I would not be here had I not had an encounter with a resurrected Christ. I didn't grow up in a church tradition. I heard the gospel and something changed in my life. I started out with a whole set of instructions and sense of purpose that were radically altered after this encounter with Jesus.
4: You know, one of the things we've seen in recent years in our network is what our team will talk about, is sort of a, a recovery of a deeper Christocentrism just across the spectrum, that I'm really encouraged and inspired and hopeful about the fact that from such a diverse network of people, from the most progressive of pastors to the most traditional, across the racial ethnic makeup of this country, one of the things that brings folks together is those who want to draw deeply on the well of Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension for us. And and one of the things that's done for me, and I think for our whole team, is I, um, for me personally, I realized, oh, you know, actually the metric by which I think now about ministry and about preaching and proclamation is not so much liberal and conservative or progressive or whatever it might be, but I just think I'm drawn to folks who want to double down on the majors and not try to life coach me out of something and not try to give me a double dose of therapy for the morning. All, all of those things have their role, but there is something that has to draw everyone around these same things. That I've been really encouraged to see that in real time, folks coming around these deeper wells of conviction around who Jesus says he is and the fact that he is our life. He is resurrection.
0: I completely agree, Adam, and I think as the church kind of reimagines itself as times are different and churches are struggling in the traditional way of you open the doors and everyone just comes, pastors feel a lot of pressure to attract people and to build their churches and to grow churches. You know, that's kind of been the focus for so long, but we have to get back to offering Jesus who lived, suffered, died, resurrected, and intercedes on our behalf, because without that, the church really has nothing unique to offer. But with it, we have everything. With it, we offer everything.
2: I recently heard a pastor who was preaching a sermon to a pastor who was being installed in a new church, and he made a very simple and profound statement. He said, as you start this, your first pastorate, Do not get caught in the trap of defending Christianity because Christianity has become something that none of us, wherever we sit, have the capacity to defend wholeheartedly. Our job is to advocate for Christ. And I do think that in many ways, particularly here, Christianity has become this thing that we've all lost track of, that nobody has control of, that we're all just trying to figure out what do we do with it. But regardless of what happens with Christianity, we always have Christ. And Christ is where we center and locate our very being. And I think when we talk about our churches and being the body of Christ, when Jesus, as Beth so eloquently said, remains at the center, that's it. Then that is where the transformation comes that people are really desperately looking for.
1: Yeah. A few years ago, I was in church in the pews on a Sunday. And we all know as preachers, it's hard to preach Easter. But the preacher in the middle of the sermon said about Easter, I found the most amazing story on the internet and started telling some story about, I don't know, butterflies or angels or something. And my companion leaned over to me and said, I thought we were here because we already had an amazing story. Mm -hmm. The church needs to embrace the amazement of this day and this act.
2: Thank you for listening to the Ministry Collaborative podcast.
1: A project of the Macedonian Ministry Foundation.
4: The Ministry Collaborative nurtures a national network of pastors
0: and congregations committed to faithful,
4: creative, and
3: courageous engagement in their communities.
0: Our producer is Marthane Sanders.
3: To find out more about our work of
0: cultivating leadership that makes a difference in congregations and communities, visit our website
4: at
1: www.ministrycollaborative.org.